welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by AJF Plus, and with myself, Stephen Nussbaum, and I'm joined by my good friend, South Stand Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode number 241. And as always, thanks to everyone who's tuned in to last week's show. This week, we've got two games to look back over, a win and a draw, both keeping clean sheets, though. And the eight days that were, plus loads and loads of your reactions. So I think without further ado, let's not waste any further time. Let's crack on with this week's show. Yeah, let's do it. So as always, we start the show with our tribute and an update on our sponsors, the awesome AJF Plastering who you must know by now, who are an Essex-based plastering and rendering company covering all aspects of domestic and commercial work. And they specialise in silicone colour render systems. And you must know this. They are the kings of the 15% discount. So they offer 15% off for all Leighton Orient fans and staff. So for more information and the best plastering and rendering prices around, you can visit their website at www.agefplastering.co.uk or you can give them an email at agefplastering.outlook.com or they're on social media on Facebook and Instagram at AJF Plastering and their big boss, the boss man, Adam Francis is on Twitter at Big Ads with a Z L-O-F-C so if you need any work done and they can help you out get in contact with them and get yourself a lovely 15% off very nicely done, Mr. Nussbaum. So just one piece of AOB this week some actually brilliant, brilliant news uh, from... From the South Stand, actually, we'd just like to say a huge congratulations to our South Stand mate and fellow season ticket holder who sits just behind us, Chris Kane, who successfully had a long-awaited kidney transplant earlier this week. We wish you all the very best. We know that uh, it's been a long, long road, so hopefully this is the end of that journey in that regard. And we wish you all... Uh, a speedy, we wish you a speedy recovery. All the best, and we very much look forward to seeing you back in your seat behind us in the South Stand very, very soon, Chris. Love it, love it, Mr. Yeah. Kate. Yeah, look forward to seeing you. So now we move on to the week or the eight days that were at Leighton Orient FC. So it's quite a quiet start to the week. So we've got no news to report on Coulson Monday, the 29th of March, and also to Huey Tuesday, the 30th of March. So we'll move on to the middle of the week then. That's Wednesday the 31st of March. The FA published League 2 intermediary fees list, as everyone's probably seen by now, with the O's in third place, having spent £72,117. Just behind Salford, who, unsurprisingly, were top spenders on £137,884. And Forest Green took second spot. Uh, they spent £79,372 on agents' fees. That's a lot of money from, from those three clubs. That is a ridiculous amount of money. Me and you are obviously in the wrong occupation. <laughs> the Outlook Agency starts tomorrow and our journey to financial well-being begins. So that was that. And then later in the day, the club announced its nominations for February's Goal of the Month award as follows. So first up was UC against Scunthorpe United. We had Connor Wilkinson's chip against Carlisle United. Connor Wilkinson again against Oldham Athletic where he smashed it in on the underside of the bar. And Dan Kemp's wonderful finish against Oldham Athletic. It's nice to have some decent goals to choose from. I mean, UC says header was decent against Scunthorpe, but you know the other three could be any one of those goals could have won it and you would have been happy with it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, February wasn't the best of um the best of months, was it? So to have something from March um <laughs> made made a huge difference. Uh, a huge difference. So yeah, good selection. For me, I wrote at the time before before the winner was announced that, that for me I think that Connors against uh, Carlisle just beats Dan Kemp's pushes that into uh, sorry uh, edges it for me yeah and you were right and the majority of the vote went along with your verdict so Connor Wilkinson's goal against Carlisle was the winner on 43% of the vote followed by Dan Kemp's goal against Oldham that came in second place on 34% so quite yeah. clear winner there so well done to Connor Wilkinson for his lovely goal against Carlisle and Props again to Lawrence Figueroa for his most wonderful assist. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, they're all good goals and it's nice to have that sort of a headache or which one's the better one. But yeah, I think that was the right outcome. So then we'll move on then to Thursday, the 1st of April. And we just want to take a moment to wish, again, happy 50th birthday to Leighton Orient SLO and the Leighton Orient Supporters Club Membership Secretary, Karen Harrison. We hope you had a great, great day. I saw the pictures uh, of your garden being decorated, it looked lovely. Well done on getting her name right, Circus, because she would have not been happy with oh, us. Oh, there's happy. no way I'm getting her name wrong ever. <laughs> so happy birthday, Karen. I'm a pro. Um, yeah, so the club has announced <laughs> its nominations for the March Player <laughs> of the Month as follows. So up for nominations was Dan Kemp, Jamie Turley, <laughs> Lawrence Figaro. And Connor Wilkinson. And again, for me, a really tough choice. I knew it wasn't going to be Vigaroo. I mean, no disrespect to Vigaroo, but Kemp, Turley and Wilkinson all had spectacular months. So I couldn't make my mind up, but I knew it wouldn't be Vigaroo. Yeah, which is a shame because the goalkeeper never really wins it. And if he is winning it, then you have to ask questions of the rest of the squad, uh, really. Um, but again, sport for choice. They're all worthy winners. Yeah, absolutely were. So the results came in and fourth place on 14% was Lawrence Figaro, followed in third place on 23% of the vote, Jamie Turley. In second place on 26% was Connor Wilkinson. And top of the pile, and the winner on 35% was young Dan Kemp. So massive well done to Dan. I think, you know, the turnaround in Dan Kemp's performances over the last three to four weeks has been fantastic he's getting goals he's getting assists we're getting very excited about him and long may it continue yeah absolutely he seems to have been galvanized along with the rest of the squad under joby in fairness eh? so yeah long may it continue so let's move on then to mooney friday the 2nd of april the main event of the day was mansfield town away and before the game we ran a twitter poll to find out how you thought the o's would get on in in this one and after 152 votes in just 24 hours you voted as follows 18% thought we'd lose 29% thought we'd draw and a whopping and overwhelming 53% thought that Orient would chalk up a win and as always thanks to everyone for your votes yeah so at 2pm the team was announced with Lawrence Bigaroo named in goal at the back Sam Ling Tunji Akinola Jamie Turley and Joe Woodison in midfield who say Craig Clayton holding roles with Joby McEnough, Dan Kemp and James Brophy playing behind DJ on the bench for this one. We had Sam Sargent, Miles Judd, Jaden Sweeney, Hector Kiprianu, uh, Matt Young, Louis Dennis and Tristan Abraham. So that meant there were two changes to the side that started against Oldham as Joby McEnough and Sam Lynn came in for Connor Wilkinson and Dan Happy. So I guess my views to start off with, I was... I thought Connor may miss that match. Obviously, I think 
we saw him take a knock and he kind of pulled up against Oldham. Um, and at the time, Ryan, I, I presumed Happy had picked up a knock, which was correct. But good to see the depth of the squad in defence with Tunjak and Ola, you know, going from right back to where he'd been playing into centre-back, his preferred position. So if anything, getting stronger. And Sam Ling, who I think, you know, the Sam Ling debate can go on forever but I think he's a decent right back so no problems with me at that one and the rest of the team picked itself on current form so no qualms there for me what about yourself bearded legend yeah no I agree with you I mean what a player Tunjiak and Ola is that he's so comfortable at right back as a centre back that he's keeping out a natural right back I mean regardless of what people think of um, of the Ling surname I mean that debate will rumble on I think predominantly because of his surname if he had Smith as his surname I don't think it would be such an issue but you know sometimes I'm you know I, I like Sam I think he's a lovely guy um, but I do think sometimes he's prone to a bit of a wobble and I think Tunji's just been very very comfortable at right back and it just shows you the strength that, that, that Tunji has if he's out of contract in the summer from West Ham he'd be one of the names that I'd have at the very very top of my of my to buy list um, so, but again, Wilkinson, I get. Joby said that uh, post-match last week that he'd been playing with a knock and, and Happy must have maybe picked up an injury in training. But, you know, generally, otherwise, as you'd expect, you know, he's trying to keep the the uh, the same squad as much as he possibly can. So it's really only injuries now at this late stage of the season that's that's forcing his hand to make to make changes. So we, we had a num those were our views. We had a number of views that came in. Uh, we're getting, as you said, I think quite recently, Steve, we're getting a lot more uh, engagement around the uh, team uh, team announcement at two o'clock uh, with people's thoughts on that. Kieran Derry7 said, well, at least Wooderson is still at left back and Brophy ahead of him. No Wilco could be a massive miss for us and hopefully him and Happy will be back for Monday. Wrong, wrong way. SR Barber, 1986. Without Wilkinson, I don't know where we will get the goals from. Johnson needs to step up. And plus, you know, Jordan Barry will score against us. So referring to yeah. XO, Jordan Barry lining it up for Mansfield Town. Yeah, John Crab 3 said, it would be really nice if Brophy could do something productive in the final third to step up in Wilco's absence. Kemp will be key again. So the match kicked off on Good Friday and a very watered-down pitch as the O's were looking to make it four wins on the bounce against the Mansfield team, looking to improve on their recent form of drawing too many matches. And we were out of the blocks quickly and had a great chance in the fourth minute. It was a big chance fell to DJ as he ran onto a poor back pass from Gordon, had a one-on-one, -on -one, and his shot was well saved by Stone, who rushed out to make the save. I mean... At that point, you're thinking, oh man, he's reaching to score there. And at mm. this point, DJ hadn't scored now in quite a few games. And you're thinking he needs to get goal sooner rather than later. But he would not be denied. No, but again, just to, to pick up on that, I think um, a Danny Johnson just before Christmas would have put that away. Um, so it is, it is a confidence thing. And yeah, their pitch was watered unnecessarily, I think. I don't know what they were trying to achieve by that, the state of it. I mean, the pitches this season just all generally don't seem to look very good at all. They've not weathered or worn particularly well. I guess that's probably due to the fact that there was no summer maintenance done on it that's usually done. But um, off the back of Dan, uh, Stone's save from Dan Johnson's effort, uh, we got a corner. Dan Kemp swung the ball in. Sam Ling headed towards goal. It took a deflection off a Mansfield defender and Danny Johnson was lurking just behind him. He made no mistake from all of about two yards out. He prodded the ball home with just five minutes on the clock, putting Orient... 1-0 up. What do you think of that one, Steve? 
wasn't a classic goal, but things you love to see, you know, Orient going the lead after five minutes and Danny Johnson sticks out a leg and gets his goal. So I was delighted to see that and, and great to get an early goal. Confidence would have been high anyway, off the back of three wins on the bounce and just what the doctor ordered. Absolutely, a nice easy tapping for him. I guess he wouldn't care if it's a nice easy tapping or a or a worldie. It's just as long as it's uh, he's able to claim it. I think it's probably the most fundamental thing there. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, we're going to fast forward through most of this match. Uh, Twenty one minutes now on the clock. Mansfield's Reed spun in the Orient area before area before seeing his powerful shot blocked. Yeah, done well there. Our defence and a let off for Mansfield. Five minutes later, as Danny Johnson just fired over the bar from inside the box. Again, Mansfield passing out from the back just wasn't working for them. They gave the ball away to Clay. I think he played a 1-2 um, yeah. with Johnson. Johnson just over the bar. And immediately after that, Dan Kemp had a strike, which was blocked behind. So at this point in time, it was looking like if any team was going to get the next goal, it was going to be the O's. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. Um, that's what I love to see as well, that that quick, neat, intricate passing between Craig and, and, and Danny. I thought, that, uh, I thought Danny was unlucky in the end, but yeah, absolutely uh, brilliant. Love to see that. We're now going to fast forward to the 38th minute. Reed was the danger man again as he directed a header towards goal, but that was comfortably claimed by Vigarou and a shot from Lapsley uh, was diverted behind for a corner. A minute later, uh, that corner eventually came to nothing. Yes, let's go to the 43rd minute now. And Craig Clay headed wide from just inside the box from a Joby McEnough cross. And one minute of time was added on, played out with the half closing with the O's leading by goal to nil. Yeah, Jason Kilby 6 tweeted us. He said, decent half, organised and hardworking. Nagging feeling we wait, we may regret not taking one of those good chances to be two up. Fair point. Yeah, there are a few tweets along those lines about not not digging or getting the second goal, maybe yeah. paying for that later on. So there were no subs for the O's at half time. And Mansfield started the half off strongly with a chance just two minutes in his lapsley, had a low shot on the turn, but saved comfortably, fairly comfortably by Lawrence Vigoru. The first Orient sub came in the sixty seventh minute as Hector Kiprianu replaced Joby McEnough. Yeah, so not much to talk about. No real chances to talk no. about. We look comfortable, but again, you always get the feeling that Orient could, being Orient, concede at any minute. But it wasn't to be. DJ bagged his and Orient's second of the game in the 77th minute as he intercepted another poor back pass. He got the ball, rounded the keeper nicely, tapped in from close range, made no mistake. 2-0, game over. Yeah, absolutely. Goals are like buses for DJ at the moment, it seems. More, <laughs> nothing for ages, and then two come along at once. And he's showing his confidence, his game from the first goal. I think he took that really, really well. Yeah, I mean, Danny Johnson, uh, the two things that I noticed about Danny Johnson, where he gets his goals from, is A, playing on the shoulder of a defender who may make a mistake or misjudge a bounce on a ball. And secondly, he's always looking to capitalise on a dodgy back pass. I think yeah. we've seen him do it a couple of times now this season. But, you know, you've got to be there to, to take those chances. And he gets himself in those positions and he anticipates the ball really well. So, at 2-0, Dan Kemp picked up a yellow card in the 86th minute. And then four minutes of time ratted on and played out as the referee brought the game to a close with Orrit recording their fourth consecutive win to leave O's fans still dreaming of a late-minute, last-minute burst into the playoff places. 
<laughs> so Jovi McEnough spoke to Dave Victor after the game. That interview in full is on the YouTube channel. We've got a quote here from the interview. Jovi said, we know the significance of a winning run as it's something that we haven't been able to do this season. We've got to free games a few times and I've set the boys a little challenge which was to give us something to go after. For me, it shows the form that we're in at a very important time of the season. Yeah, he goes on to say, it was tough at times, particularly in the second half. I thought in the first half that our setup was good and we had some good opportunities to add to the goal that we scored. Second half, we didn't quite get it right and it was a matter of digging in at times and getting through situations. Fair assessment there, I'd say. Yeah, totally. And Joby always speaks really well. We've got Joby coming up a bit later um, from today's post-match interview. So despite that win, we stayed ninth in League 2, but we are keeping pace with those around us. And at this point, we were just one point away from the playoff places, although some teams around us do have games in hand. So after Mansfield, it was played 38, won 16, drawn 8, lost 14. Goal difference now looking pretty healthy. A lovely plus 4 mm. and 56 points. So, Mr Levy, your views on the Mansfield game? Yeah, not going to keep it short and sweet this week, really. I think, you know, things you love to see. Danny Johnson scoring and Orient winning away. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Might not have been the best of games, but we've won it. We've kept a clean sheet in the process. Our top scorer has got two goals. He's found his shooting boots again, having played a number of games and, and barely had a sniff. And some real positive momentum that's taking us into the final eight games of the season. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy. I, I didn't uh, necessarily think that we'd win by by such a score. I thought we might sort of nick a draw there and and maybe win win today. But, you know, all day long, I always take a win and it just keeps the pressure on those around us to keep winning and, you know, we'll carry on doing what we're doing. Very, very happy by all of that. Yeah, I think it was the manner and style in which we did it. It was like, it was a comfortable victory. It, it wasn't one where you're thinking we're going to concede in a minute. It was very, very comfortable. It was a big game and it was a big win. That took it to four wins on the bounce. It was tremendous to see DJ get a double and also, you know, a key point without Wilkinson on the pitch. So when that team was announced, with quite a lot of concerned fans saying, well, where's the goals coming from? DJ's in the dry patch and there's no creativity there with Wilco being out. But, well, you know, Wilco doesn't play and, and Johnson gets the double. It was good to see another clean sheet with a reshuffled defence. Mine is Dan Happy, who's been a big player at points this season. And obviously, know him in this game, we still keep a clean sheet. And you get the feeling each player is really playing for the shirt now, and there's starting to be a bit of competition for places. And people like Widowson, who you would just assume would have dropped out of the squad um, a while ago, is still there. Turley is still there. You know, Nick Freeman, what's happened to Nick Freeman? Can't get back in the squad. Is he still injured? I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, nowhere to be seen due to Clay and Cissé and McEnough working so well and Kemp, you know, being the, being the creative force in the team. You've got the feeling at this point there's a real belief was starting to develop that maybe we can sneak into the playoffs with, with that being kind of right off about three or four weeks ago and the season almost fizzling out now after this result. You had the feeling that, you know, it, it's not over by a long shot. And, Based on that performance, we could go on to have a very dramatic end of the season. So, 
those were our views, a bit shorter than normal. So lots and lots of feedback after this match came into us at Orient Outlet. So thank you to everyone who sends us their views. It came into all of our social media accounts. And again, we try to read as many as possible. Just because we read them does not mean we agree with them. The tweet that starts off this episode is from Big Ads LOFC, our sponsor, who said a great win, well organised, and good to see the DJ back in the goals. And Jamie Turley was a machine at the back. Yeah, um, Joby says post-match, a bit of a spoiler alert here, that Nick Freeman is injured um, or has been injured. So in answer to your point just a minute ago, Orient Matty said, get in, another great result, four wins on the spin, Joby McEnough working his magic. I'm smelling the playoffs, Jamie Turley with another man of the match performance. He must be in the contract green zone now. Oh, that's referring green zone, to, the amber zone and the red zone. Or we'll see what happens that's with referring those to, lovely uh, zones. Sunshine, LOFC. So the big batting performance from the O's. A great defensive display and great to see DJ among the goals again. What chance of the playoffs? Carl Fear 01 said, we're looking so much better now. And if this marks the start of another good run from DJ... Playoffs are going to start looking increasingly likely. Yeah, Chris Cow too. So DJ back amongst the goals. Six academy players on the bench. Three away wins on the bounce. Four wins on the bounce in total. What is not to celebrate? It's made my Easter. Dare we dare to dream. Come on, you mighty O's. Ewan Carter, 22, said, I don't know what's happened, but the staff and Joby have got them by the scruff of their necks and they are performing well. Looks such a different team under Joby than under Embleton. Thought the back four were immense, especially Willison and Turley. Good to see DJ back scoring. Good tweet there. Good tweet. Trousers Techno said, well, you couldn't call that the beautiful game, but it was a gritty professional performance of the quagmire of a pitch. Solid rather than exceptional, but once again incredibly tight at the back. And nice to see DJ back amongst the goals. Deserved victory onwards and upwards. Ross McCaff said, lovely stuff. Still an outside chance of the playoffs, a good momentum. We're banging form and play Walsall next, who haven't won in 13 games. Would it not be the most orient thing ever to get beat? Damn you absolutely. for saying that. Yeah, absolutely. We'll come on to Walsall <laughs> very shortly. El Cuado is a very professional performance. Mansfield seemed to be defending with a death wish half the time, but a few months ago, we've probably got a nil-nil out of that. We're hitting form at the right end of the season. I think that's a good point. You know, yeah. a couple of months ago, that might have been a nil-nil game where we would have played out for the point, but you know, you get the early goal and then you protect it, you get second and, and you, you put in a decent performance. Yeah, Pandemonium1881 said, one of those filed under very professional performance at a crucial stage of the season. Capitalised on their poor showing at the back and remained resolute when called on to defend for the first 20-25 of the second half. Little else to say other than excellent three points. Gary Talbot 7 says, momentum is everything now. I always like Turley, he runs through walls for you and has often been poorly treated. But this one has epitomised him. Bring on Walsall. Richard J. Bourne said, great team performance. Johnson's awareness makes him such a clever player and then he jumped on the back pass. The millisecond it left the Stags player's foot. Good, good point, yeah. yeah. Going back to what you said about playing off the shoulder. Absolutely, he's always, always anticipating the mistake, which is what all good strikers have to do. Vince Howard, 73, said, solid performance. Everyone put a shift in, which was pleasing to see. Playing hoof it to DJ in the second half was a poor tactic, though, and invited the pressure onto us. But saying that, we dealt with that pressure really well. 
Yeah, Ted Talks Orient said the system Joby has set up is getting results, even when we're missing two big names. A lot less possession, but more clinical finishing and resolute defending is paying off. I agree with that. I think that's a really good tweet, that. Yeah, really good tweet. Molly Folly, 2019. So I upset many fans with my strong anti-Embleton stance. Did you know Molly Folly? Didn't we? Didn't realise yeah, that. Didn't says, I, <laughs> says I argued that the most important part of a successful team is the quality of the manager. You will never get a better example of that with what is happening now, what Joby is achieving with the same group of players. Mark Ross, 07487103, said, Great win. Joby has raised the bar. He was like a teenager first half and he'll have no problem dropping out the side. His experience will be invaluable now and hats off to Ling and Cissé. Credit where it's due. Yeah, it's good to see. There's a few tweets that we haven't included. I think maybe duplication about who Cissé putting in a good performance of the season. So good to see who's who, you know, we have criticised amongst others um, quite a lot um, this season. Do you so know why, though? there putting in a better performance. Do you know what it is, though? Because we know how good a player Us is and we've just not been seeing it. That's the problem. We know how brilliant he can be. So, and we've said it on this podcast on numerous occasions that when he ticks, the rest of the team ticks. Yeah, he's a big player. He's yeah. a big player. Um, yeah, hopefully we see more more of that now. Hopefully mm. his injury isn't too bad that will come on to this. Yeah. It's a great to see the players actually give a toss. Every player fought for each other. It wasn't pretty, but we got the win, and that's the most important thing. Great to see DJ back on the score sheet. Turley was immense again. There's a determination that needs to keep going. I like that word. I like the word determination when yeah. you're talking about the Solid, descriptive word there. At Essex Biz said, I really enjoyed that one. Game of two halves, but each really showing the different qualities that the team has. I'm loving the high press defending from the front. The work rate of the team was incredible. So important now to not get carried away. One game at a time, and we have a great chance now of getting to where we want to get to. Yeah, good tweet there, John. And the final word on Mansfield came from Wadsey, who said another professional display and results went our way with the five teams above us all losing. Turley was immense again, and the team is playing with so much more confidence, even Cissé. This is such an open league this season. All we can do is continue to win and keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, so those, that, that ends the views on the Mansfield game. We move on now to the At Design Cadbury Prediction League update. Design Cadbury specialise in company branding, advertising, print, digital and logo design. And all Orient fans, you must know this by now, get 15% off. You can find James on social media. It's at Design Cadby. That's on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also email James now. That's hello at jamescadby.com. So, James, thanks for sponsoring the Prediction League for this season. Uh, and credit to Books Red and Rob J. Bennett, who correctly predicted 2 0. So, you guys both get three points. But extra special well done to several people, actually. Uh, London Gary W, Shrimpy underscore boy, Jack LOFC, Steve White LOFC, Sunny P32, The Authentic Gaz, who all correctly predicted 2-0 and a scorer. So you both get four points. So well done to both of you. Oh, sorry, to all of you. I do beg your pardon. And we'll do a top of the table roundup at the end of this show. So oh, it still blows my mind that people get, get so many right. It's amazing. We get yeah. such an um, 
a large amount of predictions coming. So thanks to everyone who continues to send their predictions into us. So moving on into the Saturday, the 3rd of April. And the under-18s win Merit League action at home against Championship Club Bournemouth. And they lost 1-0 to a goal that came very late in the game, just three minutes from time there. So the O's lost 1-0 and unlucky to you young O's. Yeah, absolutely. Managed to pick that up uh, from the Bournemouth site. The Orient Academy account doesn't seem to be working at the moment, unfortunately. But it'd be good to uh, good to hear more about what's going on uh, in the academy. It's obviously coming to a crucial time of the season where decisions are being made as to who gets offered scholarships and and contracts and and that sort of thing. So it'd be good be good if the club were in a position to uh, to cover that a little bit more thoroughly. Um, the club found a new and very interesting way to announce that Hector Kiprianu has signed a two-year contract which keeps him at the club until the summer of 2023. They took the opportunity to launch their new voice app for Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant devices. So those with these devices were able to hear the announcement first. Uh, Hector took to social media. He said, at Leighton Orient FC, we go again. It's always a privilege to wear the shirt, so I'm delighted to have re-signed until 2023. Can't wait to see where we'll go in the next two years. Thanks for all the messages. Hopefully see you back in the stadium soon. Hashtag LOFC, hashtag up the O's. Steve, your views on Mr Kiprianu? Signing. Yeah, good, a good start to the contract uh, extension with Hector signing. Good player. I mean, in the last 12 months, he's come on leaps and bounds, whereas I think this time 12 months ago, I think many O's fans weren't that bothered about Hector, in all honesty. But the last 12 months, since November, I think in particular, since his debut against Newport, he's been really good. Um, and I think we've all got very high hopes for Hector. That's a great to see that he's here at the club for the next two years, at least. And an audio format to break club news. Who knew? But I will say, you know, the Outlook podcast have been on smart speakers um, <laughs> for at least the last few months. So, boys, Luke and Dan, well played, and finally getting to grips with the Outlook. But you know, a, a great, a great, a great way of, of revealing a club extension contract. Yeah, I think this is great news for us. Hector is a real talent, uh, and when we interviewed him a few weeks ago, he came across mature beyond his years. Really, I thought I think he's a class act. I think he's a very, very good player great potential um, I don't have either of those devices so unfortunately I missed out on that but thankfully there are a few spoilers uh, or people that tweeted spoilers um, as to say what it was all about so thanks to those people I didn't miss out too much but yeah no very very good creativity Luke and Dan are doing absolutely amazing things and, and for a club the size of what we do I think we're far ahead of clubs that have uh, a much bigger media department so always looking at ways to be creative and inventive so I think that's uh, that's absolutely brilliant and we happen to know Hector's agent actually and you know he's he's got a good agent with him he surrounds himself with good people as well so very very pleased to have Hector here for at least two more years. Yeah, nicely done. So let's move on into Sunday, the 4th of April. And it was Easter Sunday. So we wish everyone a happy Easter from our Orient Outlook podcast hours to those who are celebrating. Absolutely, we do. Hope you didn't um, gorge too much on the chocolate. The Orient ladies were back in action in the Vitality FA Cup away to Hounslow ladies. And they won the match with a very convincing 4-0 scoreline with goals from Catherine Long, Rhea Laudat, and a double from Nayara Denny. This means that they've made history as they're now in the third round of the Women's FA Cup for the first time ever. 
That tie is being played on Sunday, the 11th of April. So that's this coming Sunday. They're going to be at home against Chichester and Selsey Ladies. So huge, huge, huge. Well done to the Orient Ladies. Big shout out to you, uh, to you all. Well done. And uh, we are delighted that you are doing so well this season. Yeah, well done to the ladies. I'm pretty sure, if I remember rightly, if they can beat Chichester and Selsey, they get to play the Dirty Hammers. So come on, you <laughs> O's ladies. So let's move on into today, Monday the 5th of April, as we record. So in the morning, before we move on to the game, Danny Johnson and Sam Ling were named in the official Skybet League 2 team of the day for the previous round of fixtures, which was played on Good Friday, the Mansfield game. So well done to Danny and well done to Sam. Absolutely. And what took Skybet so long to get those out crikey guys I know it's bank holiday and all that anyway moving on then uh, the main event was Walsall at home before the game we ran a, a shorter poll this time it was only five and a half hours and we asked you how you think that the O's would get on in this one we had 201 votes and 14% thought we'd draw 14% thought we'd lose and obviously, if your maths is on point, you'd know that the balance of that is 72% thought that we would win. So an overwhelming amount of people thought that we would beat Walsall. And as always, thanks to everybody for voting. Yeah, so at two o'clock, the team was announced with Lawrence Vigor in goal. Back for Sam Ling, Tunjak Inola, Jamie Turley, Joe Willowson, Craig Clay, Lucy Say being the holder midfield players, with James Brophy, Dan Kemp, Connor Wilkinson, and DJ making up the rest of the 11. And on the bench, you had Sam Sargent, Miles Judd, Hector Kiprianu, Joby McEnough, James Dayton, Louis Dennis, and Tristan Abrahams. Yep, that meant there was one change from the team who beat Mansfield as Joby McEnough dropped himself to the bench in place of the returning Connor Wilkinson. Steve, your views on this one? Yeah, absolutely no complaints from me on that one. I think we've spoken a bit before on the podcast about Fan Hub where you can go and predict the team. So I was happy that I got 11 out of 11, so I called the team um, perfectly. Well, I think that was more due to me forgetting about Joby McEnough actually being a player these days <laughs> as opposed to me actually like knowing what the team was going to be. But yeah, I like that team a lot. And also I've noted there were some decent options on the bench with McEnough, Kiprianu, and Abrahams with you know Dayton and Dennis should you need him so you know I was really happy with that one so yeah please you yeah same pleased to see Wilco back I mean you know I think we were speaking before we started recording like as an individual player he's excellent he's got great feet good vision got a wicked shot on him but I just hope this doesn't stop DJ from scoring though you know from my point of view I've noticed that Danny's not been getting on the end of anything because you know, obviously Connor's a striker and so whenever he picks the ball up, his first thought, I guess, is to get into a goal-scoring position, whereas Dan Kemp is more the creative, uh, as is uh, James Brophy. They're the creators of chances for people like Danny Johnson. So I just hope that, uh, you know, with Danny having you know, scored two goals on Friday, I hope that this didn't prevent him from, from doing that again. Um, and like, like you said, you know, I like this side. There's, there's good options on the bench as well. Um, so yeah, ab- absolutely. Let's let's crack on then. Yeah, I mean that's a good, that's a good point you make about Danny Johnson and Conor Wilkinson. I mean, we always say we if you've got a winning team, you keep it as it is. But I think when the team was announced, I think everyone was happy to see Conor back. But maybe in hindsight, you could say, well, should Conor have been on the bench and, and not to change a winning team? But you know, we can only call them 
as we see them. So like Paul said, lots of tweets now at 2 o'clock once the team gets announced. Today was no difference. Lewis15335405 tweeted us. So that's a good team, capable of beating anyone on their day. It's good to see Wilkinson back and hopefully he can back his form with a few goals. We'd like to see Hector to force his way onto the team, but I cannot fault Cissé for playing as it seemed he had a good day on Friday. Yeah, Ian Hutchinson, 08, said expected lineup really, keeping the consistency and trusting the players from the last game. Nothing on the bench excites me, not many game changers, with the exception of the gaffer. Len Chin Chin wanted a strong side who should control the game as long as they are prepared for the unexpected as Walsall are not easy to beat. Liam NUFC said, I love that lineup. I'm expecting a comfortable win unless their goalkeeper turns into prime Peter Schmeichel. Uh, the young, naive Liam. Liam, Liam, Liam. Right, so the match kicked off at a sunny but cold Brisbane Road. The Owls looking for a fifth win on the spin and to cement their playoff push against an out-of-form Walsall team, fresh from their goalless draw against Harrogate at the weekend, with no wins in their last 13 games. So let's see how the O's got on. Connor Walker's had a chance in the fourth minute as he drove into the box, but his shot was blocked. I think the ball came to Sam Ling, who also tried to get the ball back towards goal, and that was blocked as well. Yeah, a minute later, James Brophy miscontrolled a pass. Their man got his shot off, but Vigarou made a comfortable save. Yeah, very comfortable there from Vigarou. In the sixth minute, also had another chance as a corner came in from Tariq Wright, and Matt Sadler got his head. Sorry, I think his head, or he, hooked, he got something to the ball. He hooked it over the bar, though. Yeah, nine minutes on the clock. Walsall nearly took the lead after some neat passing and movement culminated in Wright playing a ball to the unmarked Osadibi, whose half volley went miles over the bar. So we can hey, see Os- now... Osadibi kind of ran off both Clay and Cissé. Yeah. And if he would have literally controlled the ball or taken his time, he had acres of space. And I think Walsall probably had a three-on-two, if I remember that rightly, because obviously we've not seen the highlights back because it was, it was earlier today, but... That was a really good chance for them. And he completely spoofed it over the bar. They really started, you know, first ten minutes nearly, and we're really talking about chances that that they had. So they really come at us. So clearly, you know, despite them not winning in thirteen games, I know they've not lost all thirteen games, but they're really coming to have a go. They're not. They're not. Uh, they're not lacking confidence by the look of it. No, it was a big game for them. I think their manager was under pressure. Their chairman had travelled down. Lots of rumours that their manager was going to get the boot if they didn't win this game. Um, and, you know, I think we mentioned their goal was short to Harrogate. To be fair to them, they absolutely battered Harrogate. The Harrogate keeper had an absolute worldie against his former club, um, saved the penalty, and literally like, nothing was going to beat him on that day. But I think, yeah, I think everyone was quite surprised with how well Walsall kind of opened up the game. But in the 22nd minute, though, Leo's got a free kick in a decent position as Melbourne was booked after he handled the ball that he couldn't quite control. Yeah, that was questionable for Melbourne what he was doing more like he's playing basketball than <laughs> football we had a free kick on a really good position just on the edge of the box Wilkinson and Kemp were both looking at it and you're thinking right come on Wilkinson's got full for scoring from this position Kemp looks lively from this but really disappointing Kemp took it and straight into the wall when we weren't really creating much there were a few passes going shall we say in the wrong directions and going out of play, we looked a bit tired, we looked a bit slow, so unsurprisingly we've got nothing now to talk about until the 41st minute. Yeah, I actually thought there was a handball when that ball went through the wall, but I think it was just me because none of the players seemed to to claim for it. Yeah, 41 minutes then, Osadibi's corner was met by Sam Perry, who couldn't direct his header on target. 
Yeah, two minutes of additional time were played. Wolves had to make a sub, actually, as one of their forwards had to go off off injured. And the ref brought the half to a close with not much action to talk about. So half-time, nil-nil. A few tweets came into us at half-time. Spring Lynette said, neither side looked like scoring. I'm hoping for a better second half. Joe Bion for Cissé would be a good start. E10 Newman said, too many Easter eggs in the Orient camp. We'll saw far the better team so far. Let's hope for a better second half by the O's. The wind was not helping either. Yeah, Kid Samson O's had a dreadful first half. We outworked and outshot by Walsall. We looked lethargic and devoid of inspiration. I think we should be looking to make some early changes, preferably in the engine room, when neither Cissé nor Clay have extended the slightest measure of control. Joe Jessner, 16, said lots of people scapegoat in the centre mids when we don't tick going forward, as per usual. 57% possession, by the way. How many times have we worked the ball well into the wide areas and we just don't know what to do with it? The weakness today is in the final third. Yeah, good tweets there coming in to us at half-time. So there was one change uh, for the second half as the Oos-Cissé, as the Oos-Cissé, as Oos-Cissé <laughs> like came off. We should call him the Oos-Cissé, uh, <laughs> came off. Uh, Hecked up Kipriani, so Oos took a whack, I think, on the knee earlier in the game and couldn't come out for the second half. The O's started the second half with a bit more intent and in the 50th minute, James Brophy was fed in by Craig Clay on the left-hand side. He fizzed the ball into the box, but it was just behind Connor Wilkinson who was waiting in the middle. And then two minutes later, Joe Widdison picked up a booking for a late sliding tackle. Yeah, that ball was just behind Connor, frustratingly just behind him. So let's go on into the 62nd minute. Louis Dennis came on as the second sub for the O's. Joe Widdison came off, which meant that James Brophy moved to left back with Louis Dennis playing up top on the left. Now, I know Widowson was booked, and I know we've spoken about this a lot of times, but I'd never think moving James Brophy back when it's nil-nil is the answer. Got to be honest, I don't like doing that. I don't it's like it. It's been done all. plenty of times, though, isn't it? That's the thing. Um, and as James Brophy is, is you know, stuck to his story, that as long as he's playing on the pitch, he's happy. Um, Louis Dennis did well in the 70th minute on the left-hand side. His cross was well met by Dan Kemp on the half volley. But his goal-bound effort was blocked by Danny Johnson, no less. And a minute later, there was a penalty appeal for the O's. As Dan Kemp, he went down in the box, but the referee waved the appeals away. Not interested in that one at all, the referee. No, not in the slightest. Props there to Louis Dennis. But that was the only time we really got a um, Wolfsburg's right back was in that little passage of play where Dennis took him on and got on a lovely cross. And I think at that point where Kemp's goal-bound half volley was blocked by you know our own ginger wizard, Danny Johnson, you yeah. know it's not going to be your day. And yeah, that was never a, even really a, nowhere near a penalty when Kemp was appealing for it after that. So the 72nd minute, third sub for the O's. So Joby McEnough get on the pitch as he came on for Craig Clay. And I think it's fair to say Joby kind of reinvigorated us a little bit. And I think that's where the team really missed the crowd. Because I think had the crowd been there and Joby would have come on at that point, the crowd would have been so fully behind the team, would have pushed them on a bit more. So maybe we would have seen a different outcome. But, you know, obviously we're not there and we have to report on these, you know, through watching yeah. the games. It's all going to be a what if. Yeah, absolutely. It's all a what if at the moment. 87 minutes, a good move by Walsall. Saw Holden pick up the ball out wide. He delivered a cross, but it was well claimed by Lawrence Vigaroux. Yeah, I think Dan Kemp got done a bit too easily there on the left-hand side, if I remember that rightly. But Vigaroux 
done well. And the 90th minute then, a huge talking point. Connor Wilkinson drove towards the box on the right-hand side. He looked like he beat his man, got past him, then went down just outside the box. I mean, we were all gasping, thinking, you know, because he's landed in the box, thinking, is the ref going to give a penalty? Is he going to give a free kick? But instead, gives Connor Wilkinson a yellow card and Walsall a free kick for simulation. One of those things, isn't it? I mean, Joby's going to cover it, but what was your view on that? My view is I need to see it again because yeah, it get, I agree. we're only seeing it from... We haven't seen it back because we're recording on the night. It, in real time, it looked like a foul, but obviously I'm incredibly biased because I'm not in support. I'd like to see it again, but yeah. you know, the ref and the line have got a much better view of it than what I have. But he looked like he'd beaten his marker, so for him to go down and dive if he had beaten his man was silly so I'm hoping it wasn't a dive and you know it was a I guess we, have, we yeah. don't have the benefit of watching it back on a screen like we normally do but I'm hoping it wasn't a dive but you know, one of those games where you're just thinking oh, I'll just blow the full time whistle and be done with it and just take the point well three minutes of time were added on and played out the referee did blow his whistle he brought the game to a close and Orient and Walsall share the spoil of a point each yeah, they certainly did. So, Joby McEnough spoke to Dave Victor after the match. The interview was on the club's YouTube channel. We're going to play the first two minutes and four seconds as we think Joby gave quite a good, a good insight uh, into the match. So, here's what Joby had to say. Well, Joby, thanks for joining us. Can I start with what happened in injury time? Should there have been a penalty? Uh, to be fair, I felt it was probably just outside the box. It was definitely a foul. I'm not quite sure why he came to the conclusion that Connor would dive in that situation. He's got the other side of, of the lad and was bearing in towards the goal. So, again, listen, it's a disappointing decision, um, but I didn't think it was a penalty anyway, to be honest. There were very few chances. Yeah, it was a bit of a, a lacklustre afternoon. I felt like probably a bit of tiredness kicked in a little bit. Uh, the boys have been brilliant. They've put a lot of effort into the recent run that we've been on. We looked flat today. Um, you know, we, we didn't play at the intensity that we've had in our game. We didn't look sharp in attacking areas where we have done recently. Um, and again, that lack of chances is, is often a, a reflection of that. So disappointed overall. Um, but at the same time, for me, when we're not at our best, it's important that we keep picking up points, particularly at this stage of the season, um, and not lose games when you know clearly we haven't done enough to win it. So from that point of view, um, you know it's a, a positive to take out of an otherwise disappointing afternoon. One defeat in nine. Is it important now to keep a perspective? Absolutely. You know, it's, it's it's easy to be disappointed. There's a lot of frustration in there. Again, I think that shows where we've come. Um, you know, at the same time. Again, we will always feel there are games that are there to the taking and we didn't quite go and grab it today and that's probably the overriding feeling today. But, yeah, if you put it in perspective and you look at our form and the points we're going to need to get to get in and around that playoffs, it's another one you know, to add on to that tally that we've got and we've got to just keep working hard to make sure we can replicate what we've done and, and get the wins that we're going to need. Cissé seemed to pick up a knock early in the game. Yeah, he um, got a bit of a, a knock on his Achilles, um, hobbled along for a little bit, but obviously we needed to, to make that change. So we'll uh, see how he is moving forward. But again, I thought Hector came on and, and gave us a bit of energy in that midfield. And, um, you know, from my point of view, I've got absolutely no qualms about, you know, playing him. So thanks very much indeed uh, to Dave Victor for providing that. And as Steve said, the full interview is on the Orient YouTube channel. We just thought we'd play uh, the first couple of minutes of that. Um, so, yeah, he speaks well, doesn't he, Joby? I think uh, 
I think he, he makes a lot of lot of good points. Yeah, he speaks really well. He speaks really well. I think you're going to make a point about that later. I think I'm probably going to make a point about that too. So yeah. that draw means the O's stay ninth place in League Two, so it's not the end of the world. Currently three points off the playoff places. So now we play 39, 116, draw nine, lost 14, a goal difference of plus four and 57 points. So Bearded Lejande, what were your views <laughs> on today's match? Well, a bit of a poor result. Um, I kind of expected us probably stupidly, I expected us, uh, got a bit carried away to beat someone like Walsall, to be honest with you. They're not at the at the best end of the table. I thought that we would honestly, you know, do better. Um, perhaps, as I say, getting a little bit uh, carried away with things. But, you know, a team who haven't won in, in, in 13 versus a team who have won their last four. Um, not the end of the world stuff. Um, but I think, as, as I say, I had higher expectations. Um, and, and, you know... I saw uh, bits and pieces of this match and I didn't watch every every second of it. But there was sloppy passing, poor movement, you know, the brophy heavy touch that allowed their man to have a pretty decent shot at Lawrence Vigarou, um in the first few minutes of the game. I just thought, well, if we're starting off like this, then it's probably not going to be the best of games and I wasn't really proved wrong. We've lacked a cutting edge in the final third. You know, we, we've had four shots... But none of those, just four shots in a whole game and not one of those shots was on target. Conversely, Walsall had seven shots and only and, and one of theirs was on target. So they've, they've instantly done a bit better than us. And if you're not testing their goalkeeper at all, then what, what are you doing? If you've got this much possession of the ball, you know, 58% is what we had, but why are we not shooting more? What's happened there? Um... But it does mean, like Joby said, it is a point closer to to the playoffs for us and, and it keeps us within touching distance of Newport and, and the like who are who are there and thereabouts. Uh, who sorry, who are in the are in the playoffs and we're sort of just outside it. That's our seventeenth clean sheet of the season, thanks to to Danny uh in the uh, media team. His interview with Sam Ling is also on on the YouTube channel. That's where I pinched that stat from. So thanks Dan, I'm not gonna take credit for that. Uh, I like Joby's honesty. I've, I've really warmed to him. Uh, at first, I wasn't sure. I kind of had this perhaps misconception that where he's you know, so well media trained that a lot of it was probably just that kicking in. But, you know, you do see what he's saying. You can understand where he's coming from. He is being honest. He's not being evasive with his answers. He does answer the questions properly. But I can't, I'm going to come back to my point that I made earlier. You know, we've got Connor Wilkinson back in the side. Danny Johnson, not really spoken about him much at all. Um, and it concerns me that we've got a striker playing out wide. A lot of the ball will go to him, and he looks up and he's looking to score, uh, you know, himself rather than set up. Whereas Kemp or Broth are going to be, or Joby even, are looking to set Danny and, and and Connor up. So I can't help but think that maybe having two, the two wide players as as actual wide players rather than a. A striker. I know that Connor may like playing out wide, but it doesn't seem to be for the greater good of the team. And I can't help but think that maybe that's that's hindering us in 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 some way, shape, or form. So a little bit of a concern about that. But again, that's 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 you know something for Joby to to take on board. In, in well, not take on board, but that that's you know him for him to find a solution. Whether I'm right or wrong about that, I don't know. But that's just how I see it. 
Interesting, interesting there, Mr. Levy. For me, yeah, I think we looked a bit tired. I think you could tell they've played a lot of football. It was a bit sloppy at points. And I like what Joby had to say. I think he summed up perfectly in, in three words by just saying it was a lacklustre afternoon. That's, ex- that's exactly what I would file that game uh, under. I think we looked a bit void of ideas. But I think, you know, I think we've got to give credit to Walsall. They played well. They were organised in defence and we couldn't get near them, really. Didn't make their keeper work at all he's not even had to make a save of no I think I only remember him catching a Dan Kemp corner I think at all um, it's an interesting point about Connor and DJ Connor always looks lively and, and, and like he's going to produce something but maybe that's to the detriment of Danny Johnson I think our defence although they looked comfortable and kept a clean sheet there were points where they looked a bit jittery um, at the back but good to see another clean sheet and one defeat in nine is nothing to be sniffed out. And I think in last week's podcast, I said I would have taken four points from six. That's what we've got. So I have to be happy with that. And the season won't be defined by today's result. But, you know, we need to do more attacking-wise if we are going to go for the playoffs. But for me, now I mean Saturday's game that we'll come on to shortly is a pretty, pretty massive game. Um so lots to do, but not, but by no means not the end of the world. I like that Joby didn't focus too much on the penalty uh, incident towards the end, and I like the way how he kind of shot down, not shot down the question, but gave his answer. So I didn't think it was a penalty, and there was nowhere to go with that. I think had it been under um, Ross Embleton, I think we may have seen more made of that um, potentially than what than what Joby made of it so those were our views again lots of views came into us at Orient Outlook after the game again we'll try and read as many as we can and just because we read them does not mean we agree with them so record blew up between us it's dreadful complete opposite of the game on Friday the chin breather getting booked for diving in the last minute <laughs> summed it up for me yeah, doesn't sound like Paul's a particular fan of Connor there. Orient it is, said, a really disappointing performance, the second best throughout the game. The pity is the playoffs were within our grasps and we showed very little commitment or ambition to get there. I think the players are just tired, though. Like You're not going to drop Kemp, who is, I'm presuming rightly wrongly, playing the most amount of football that he's ever played in terms of first-team football. Mm. He's obviously knackered. Brophy, I think you can mm. say the same for... Danny Johnson, I think the same for Connor is coming back from an injury, so you're never going to get a fully fit team. But you know, do we have the depth? You know, if if we would have started dating and Abraham's in place of Abraham and Connor, I think there would have been a, a meltdown like we hadn't seen before. Um, so it's a bit of a hard one to call there. Rayleigh Dave said we were second best, absolutely no quality, and some players not looking up for the fight. A point gained given their performance. O's Van Basing said, some poor performances out there. They looked knackered towards the end and didn't deserve more than a point. Adam Boniface 12 said, Walkinson is so uncomfortable with his right foot that he has to dive in the box instead of take a shot when he's 1-1 with the keeper. Surely he's got a big left foot, but can we stop? He is the best offensive threat. Nonsense. So again, another player. It's, it's, it's funny sometimes how these tweets come out after matches. I thought Walkinson had a decent enough game, but there's a few tweets early on that suggest that a few fans might not have been so happy with him. David Sears 3 said, back down to reality. Tough game created nothing and their keeper didn't have a save to make. Nil-nil was all we deserved. Never a dive by Wilco. No reason to go to ground when he was past his man. 
Yeah, Bosey said, so not a great day at the office. We didn't create enough going forward and we looked shaky at the back. I'm disappointed. But we'll have taken four points from the Easter weekend. A big few games coming up. Need to be more creative. Orient underscore Ed said, back to normal then. Hector added some attacking drive when he came on. Dennis has to go. Very unfair for Widdison to get taken off. And Clay gave the wall away more times than I can count. Also think the ref made the right decision to book Connor for a dive. Con- you know, oh, well. conflicting views there. Yeah, good point about Craig Clay. We've not spoken about Clay, again, was very uncharacteristically sloppy. Probably just the outcome of a lot of football in very little time span. So good point there from Ed. Dan Alton, 2590, just said, thank God that is over. Such a horrendous game of football, given the circumstances, a terrible performance. If also were even a semi-decent side, they'd have beaten us very, very comfortably. The O's underestimated them completely, but we got a point without playing well. Fair, possibly fair point there. The underscore Lucas 7 said, never got going. Needed another body in the middle of the park, were far too narrow and really slow in attack. Conway underscore Nigel said, well, that was so poor. Not a single player for me marks higher than a four. And don't get me started about Louis Dennis. Len M4 said, if DJ or Wilco don't score, we are not scoring. Can't build successful teams if you're that reliant on certain players to bail you out every week. Alan Reeves too said, garbage, also were tough to play against, but why is it when we get anywhere near the playoff positions, we lose the plot? Q3 defo- defeats in a row incoming. So, Alan, Damn you. hopeful for the next couple of games. Damn you, Alan. Chef Kemp 1 <laughs> said, disappointing, didn't look good going forward until Hector and Joby came on. Really need to test their keeper, but looked too slow and sluggish at times. Perhaps we need to start Hector a bit more? Yeah, interesting. If Cissé mm. isn't fit for Saturday, you'd imagine Hector may get a start. MS Orient says, unfortunately, our big players never turned up against a well-organised Walsall side. Too many were missing for a must-win game, worrying as their keeper didn't make a save that was there for the O's. Our play with the ball was poor, and we move on. I mean, we've, we've taken 13 points out of 15. I don't think it's necessarily... Uh, and playoffs are completely out of bounds... Um, moment in time it was disappointing yes was it enjoyable no not very was it a bit boring absolutely doesn't mean the season's over absolutely not fair enough Miller president said that's 105 minutes of my life I won't get back this result has been coming for a while with the O's glossing over average performances by just edging recent results bang average performance from Warren and I'm definitely not sold on Joby the manager Interesting tweet there. It goes yeah. kind of against the run of most of the tweets we are getting. Yeah. So, very interesting tweet. Luxford C. It's a poor performance compared to recent games. We really needed to win, but never looked as if we would. I was also more impressed with Walsall than I thought I would be. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Walsall played all right. They done their, jo- their job is to not lose and to obviously try and nick a goal. They, they, defensively, their manager will be absolutely delighted with that performance. Uh-huh, I couldn't agree with you more. Luxford C, we've done Daniel underscore D44, said we have had some boring nil-nils against Walsall, but that was as dull as they come. On the plus side, another clean sheet, and we're still in touch and distance with the teams above us. But I do wonder if we have the quality to catch them. Big question, that. Absolutely, massive question. PM31970 said everything that was good on Friday was poor today. Players look tired 
and there was a distinct lack of creativity. Not even the test the goalkeeper is not good enough. Mm. Also, have only taken seven points out of the last. 39 available I mean when you see it like that then you go yeah okay that was a rubbish performance <laughs> yeah absolutely um, Fan TV said lacklustre performance today however yet another clean sheet so that's a positive we've taken four points out of six over Easter and I would have taken that still a long way to go in the season yet so not too disheartened playoffs are still within touching distance keep the faith Absolutely. Orient meat pie. I'm sure people will talk about negatives, but I thought we just lacked a bit of quality where it mattered today. We matched Walsall for effort at least, but just one of those dull League 2 battles you get every so often. Yeah, good tweet. I agree with you there, Andy. Jagsy1979 said, not the best performance, but we didn't lose. And another clean sheet. Every point counts at this stage. And had Newport lost, then we'd be level on points for seventh place. Dust ourselves off and go again. Still in the mix with all to play for. That's a good point. I think Newport have got a game in hand over us and I think quite a few people are making quite a bit out of that. But I think if you look at the form table, we are on better form than Newport and a lot of teams around us um, Mm. in the table. So I'm not too concerned at the moment um, about Newport because I think Newport, like I said, have have dropped a lot of points recently. So hopefully their kind of jagged run... um, Continues, that's but a good point, Steve. Okay, 52. Are you making a point there? Yeah? No, sorry, yeah, no, I was just going to say that's a really good point. From 15 points, they've only had six. Exactly, and we've taken 13. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, if we were Newport and we had teams breathing down our neck, I'd be a bit more, a bit more worried. Les, okay, 52, doesn't want to talk about the playoffs. He tweeted us saying, let's stop the talk of the playoffs. So nowhere near good enough in front of goal or breaking teams down. Better teams than Wolves will punish us for performances like that. We need a major clear out in the summer and need to plan for a proper challenge next season. So Les, not happy at all. Next time I see you, Les, I'm only going to talk about the playoffs. Paul Ravens39 <laughs> said, My thoughts are more about the summer. If the recruits this summer are only able to play in a 4-3-3 and don't have any versatility, I will seriously question the squad building again. Why are we way too predictable far too often? I still am having none of this. We can't play 4-4-2 or any other formation other than 4-3-3. Absolute tosh. MX Quicks said, we wouldn't be oriented if we didn't do things the hard way. Yeah, I won't true. complain. Four wins and a draw from the last five. I happily take that from the next five. I'm already over it. Hashtag up the O's. Yeah, I would absolutely take 13 points from the next 15 available. Absolutely. He would. That's, that's playoff playoff stroke promotion form that championship form that is yeah yeah penultimate word this week goes to Taser Junior who said seeing a lot of negativity towards a side that's seven unbeaten and third only on goal difference in the form tables over the last five games all other teams above us are inconsistent at best and will be looking over their shoulders and that's also a really good point as well because your Cheltenham's your Tranmere's your Bolton's your Forest Green's yeah, they're all losing games Morecambe lost today as well so you know, uh, Exeter City lost three of their last five games as well. So Salford below us lost two in five. So yeah, everyone is dropping points. They're losing their bottle at the at this late stage of the season. It makes it really exciting for a fan. Absolutely, absolutely. Fingers crossed. I mean, this is late in Orient. There's always drama, so Correct. it's not going to be just like a smooth 
a smooth sail up the table, is it? So the final word this week goes to Luke underscore T7. He said, really disappointing that they've, done, that they've done fantastically well to get in a position we are in. And today it felt like we just couldn't get going with the momentum we have. I'm surprised there were no clear chances. Draw was a fair result and Cheltenham next for me who are the best team mm. in the league. Absolutely. So that was a selection of what's come into us prior to us recording. There are still views coming into us as we record this now. So thanks to everybody who sent their tweets and messages into us. Do you agree or disagree with anything that we've read out? Let us know what you think. You can tweet us at or in Outlook. You can also email us. So if you're not on social media, it's no problem. We have an email address, orientoutlook at outlook.com. Uh, we are also, uh, search for us on Facebook, Orient Outlook Podcast. We are on Instagram as well. You can send us a message on Instagram. We are orient underscore outlook underscore podcast. So let's go with the Design Cabby Prediction League update. So only two correct predictions for today. East London Exile and Oliver Melman both predicted nil-nil. So they all got three points, meaning the top of the Design Cabby Prediction League is as follows. With Dan Alton top of the league on 29 points, closely followed by David Landau, 17 on 26 points. And on 23 points, John Band, 630-65473 and Wadsey. So thanks to everyone who sent us predictions over the last two games. And there's still a few more games for you to get more points on. So I guess at, what, an hour, is it? Hour four. An hour four. Time to wrap up this bad boy. We absolutely will. And as always, we'll start by wrapping up the fantasy football. So anyone who's in our fantasy football league uh, will have obviously seen this, but there are games happening uh, at the moment. Elliot Pierce is currently top of the podcast at Orient Outlook Podcast Fantasy Football League. He's got 1,929 points. He's ahead of Billericke Dickey in second place, who's on 1,916 points. That's very, very tight at the top. Steve's dropped a little bit to 71st out of 295 players. So well done to everybody who's still keeping that up. So let's move on now to the positives and the negatives. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got four positives uh, this week. So the first positive is Danny Johnson is scoring again. So obviously these positives are taken from the last two games. So first one, Danny Johnson scoring again. So after today, we are unbeaten in seven, only one loss in nine. That is not bad form to be going into the end of the season at all and two clean sheets over the last three days so amazing work there from Lawrence and the defence and basically everyone on the coaching staff which is great and one we're going to throw in is that the Orient ladies are back and they're in the third round of the Women's FA Cup so four great yeah. positive there so well done to everyone involved on the positive so Mr Levy time for the negatives yeah just a couple of negatives this week the performance today against Walsall we've put down as a negative and obviously say picking up a knock, so someone else to add to the treatment room potentially. I think Joby said in his post-match, I think he caught a, uh, a knock on his Achilles, so that's why he was limping a little bit, so they decided not to risk him any further. So we wish him and anybody else, all the other guys, sorry, in the treatment room uh, a speedy recovery. He did say Nick Freeman, Nick Freeman as well. Obviously, Ruel's in there. Uh, as is Leanne Gold, but we're not expecting to see Leanne Gold back this season, unfortunately. So that then moves us on now quite nicely to the Hero of the Week. And we were unanimous this week with who our Hero of the Week is going to be. So without further ado, the winner this week is... 
the superstar DJ Danny Johnson. Well done to you. Well done. Lovely to see Danny Johnson scoring goals again. So let's have a few more, more that, from the please. Fox in the box. I love that Fox emoticon. Can't wait to put a few more Foxy emojis out there. Yeah. When Danny Johnson scores the next couple of goals. In. So next week's fixtures, we've already alluded to it. It's been mentioned a few times in the tweets. One fixture coming up for the O's this week. We travel to high flying Cheltenham Town this Saturday, the 10th of April. So Cheltenham Town currently second in League Two. They beat Tranmere 4-0 on Saturday. They whipped Tranmere. They drew one all away to Grimsby earlier today. They look set for me for automatic promotion mm. and possibly might even win the league. So it's a very difficult fixture. But I do think if we go there and get a result, that you'll, we will have a flying finish to the season. I'm not saying we're going to win, but I'm saying if we do win, that will be an incredible way to, to go into the last six games of the season for that's Orient. A, be a very tough game, though. Yeah, it absolutely will be. It'll be no, no, no tough. If we put in a game like we did to get a performance like we did against Mansfield, I think we could yeah, either at least nick a draw. I mean, a win would be fantastic. I mean, but that's a brilliant result for Grimsby, who were rooted to the foot of the table, drawing one all with, with the, uh, the second-place Cheltenham. I think that's a brilliant result for them. So anyway, sponsorship reminder, don't forget, for the best plastering and rendering prices around, visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or at Big Ads LOFC on Twitter for all of your plastering and rendering needs. That is it for this week. Yeah, it sure is. So thank you for joining us for episode 241. And what a start to the Easter period for the O's as Danny Johnson returned to scoring form and found a net not once but twice at Mansfield as the O's made it four wins on the trot of a 2 0 win, but could only follow that up with a disappointing goalless draw at home to Walsall earlier today. So we've seven games left, all to play for as the O's sit three points behind the playoff places as we face a difficult fixture away to Cheltenham this weekend and hopefully on Sunday we'll be talking about a win, another three points and a real chance of making the playoffs as the season enters its final furlong. Wouldn't that be nice? If you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe. Give the podcast a five-star rating and a review on whatever platform you get your podcast from. If you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn and Stitcher, make sure you add us to your favourites and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. We're also on smart speakers. We're also fed through on the new app, uh, the new fan app called Fan Hub. It's a brilliant new fan engagement app. You can get involved with uh, predicting the team lineup. Uh, before the match, there's opposition media that you can read and learn a little bit about who we're playing and, and from, from people who are blogging and, and writing about um, opposition clubs as well. So uh, listening to us is even easier than it was before. But if you've got an older relative, a loved one or an Orient chum or anyone who's got a passing interest in Orient that you think would like to, to keep up to date with what's going on at Brisbane Road, grab their phone download it for them, send them links, whatever it is that you are able to do, uh, but basically pass the pod. Absolutely. So we'll be back with episode 242 in just six days. So only six days to wait for your next dose of the Orient Outlook podcast. We'll have all the information and views that you could ever need. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, stay safe, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast up the o's in a